This show is presented by the 323 Network. You can catch it and more wherever you get podcasts and music and follow us on all the social medias at 323READ, 323READ. And you can support the show and help us continue to grow by going to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash 323READ. You can get early and exclusive releases there, merch and more for as little as $2. $2. That is patreon.com slash 323READ. R-E-I-D. Let's talk about good TV. And, you know, we brought up Succession and Barry. They're considered, a lot of people were saying it's two of the best shows of their genres, of the drama and comedy categories. Could be two of the best shows of all time. But I want to know you guys' actual best shows of all time. So we are going to launch here into the top five best TV shows of all time, in your personal opinion. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the three, two, threes top five. Ah, shit. Here we go again. That's right. The top five best TV shows of all time, according to us our opinions it's one i think one of the best top fives you can do it's right up there with top five rappers of all time what this is all based off of something that we still have to get to and it's just something that anybody's you know your opinion can change to it i just said top five best tv shows in our opinion because you know you see these lists of what are the best shows of all time you always see the sopranos the wire near the top and they might be for some people for me, I haven't finished The Sopranos. I started up The Sopranos. I started up The Wire and just time got away from me. All the shows that are currently rolling kept getting in my way. So I have to finish those so they couldn't make my top five. But I can see what everybody's talking about. But I have my personal top five. I want to hear you guys' top five, what you consider the best TV shows of all time. And I'll start out you I'll start you out with some honorable mentions here on my end. My end I had honestly Succession is an honorable mention. I thought it was a wonderful four seasons of television. I think the last season was one of the best final seasons of television. Excuse me, of all time. And I know I just did a Travis. I almost burped and choked. <laughs> and, but um in terms of more recent things, Better Call Saul, I think, is one that could potentially make the top five, maybe with another rewatch. But the first couple seasons were a little slower for me, maybe if what I was expecting was Breaking Bad. And uh, The Good Place is a show I finally just finished. I loved every season of that. I thought it was some brilliant writing, some... Uh, wonderful thought process on ethics uh i mean it's it birthed a great book from the creator mike sure called how to be perfect that i recommend to everybody a great book on uh very comedic ethics uh better things was an fx show that starred pamela adlon uh i thought that was a wonderful wonderful show about three generations of women um and then the early seasons of two and a half men and family guy are to me some of the best comedy <laughs> and some of the best comedic shows that i've seen and i really love them but for me for my top five to get on there i think it had to be consistently hidden 
every you know every season maybe not perfect every season but as close as it could come so i'll start out here with my number five and i will then uh move it on over to you guys travis and then Luis. but number five for me is one that had a shorter run but i think was integral to the success of fx on comedy and has been a huge cultural moment of a show, and that is Donald Glover's Atlanta. That one makes it for top five for me. The It came back season three after years, and it didn't hit so much just because half of the season were these honestly brilliant, just off-the-wall stories that Glover was telling that didn't even involve the main characters of the show. But it just has so many brilliant, brilliant moments and characters. Uh, there's a whole episode dedicated to a goofy movie being the blackest movie of all time. And it features nobody from the show. It's just a fake documentary that you could that some people were watching and thought was a real thing until they realized it was Atlanta. Like, like It's a brilliant, beautiful, sometimes horrifying show. And that is that that gets there. That gets to number five for me. Uh, Travis, what do you got in terms of any honorable mentions in number five? Oh man, it really. If I wasn't such as big as these five as I were, I mean Atlanta. Just consider Atlanta five and a half for me. Uh, Donald Glove is really one of my heroes. It's just nothing but creativity in that show and uh, i agree with you reed there were some episodes where when it goes left it goes oh it goes bernie sanders left like <laughs> woo! and some of it i could keep up with some of it was like oh wow um that's definitely up there my uh honorable mentions real quick community that was a show that i discovered on dvd that was uh, just some of the most fun I've ever had watching a TV show. Uh, super cult, very uh, very loyal fan base. Uh, the Twilight Zone, I don't add that. That's probably the best made out of maybe all of these shows and the best writing. I'm only counting shows I have seen every single episode of. Uh, but just individual Twilight Zones, just pick one. And it's the best sci-fi writing ever. Uh, kind of a tie with Seinfeld and Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, haven't seen all of Seinfeld. I was actually more of a Curb Your Enthusiasm guy. Did you know TV Guide had a channel? And yeah. uh, they would air repeats <laughs> of Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, clean <laughs> and repeats. Yeah. And it was a huge inspiration for me when I found out that he was improving it all. I was like, wow, I want to do that. Um. So those two combined and uh, almost put it in the top five, but the first uh, three seasons of SpongeBob SquarePants will forever have my heart. Uh, me and Certified Lover Brad getting SpongeBob tattoos at the end of the month to commemorate our friendship. Uh, there is nothing like those shows and there is nothing quite as bad as the seasons that were to come. I, I, will, I will agree with you that I will say anything that's before the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, before that first movie, anything before that is its own show. That's its own series. Yeah. Yep. 
<laughs> Absolutely. And then for my number five, uh, I'm going with my favorite animated show of all time. Lydia and I did a binge of this uh, during the pandemic. I thought it was good. It is a whole nother level of good. And that is Teen Titans. Uh, for my money, my favorite superhero animated show of all time. Uh, it was If it was on on Cartoon Network in 2005, best believe I was sat, eyes locked. Uh, super interesting storylines, really adult, really dark, especially with the Slade stuff. Uh, yeah, Teen Titans is definitely one of those shows that I really look forward to watching with my future children. If I have any children out there right now watching this, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Shout out to Travis's illegitimate kids. <laughs> Luis, what's your number five? All right. Um, I just changed these right as you guys were talking. Um, but I'm going to give you my also rants here. Um, so... Recent, I, I agree with Atlanta Reservation Dogs uh, also on that list. Also, a really open country. Um, this is a limited series, Fargo, because you know, Fargo is a great, great show right now for the last few years. Um, I gotta throw Chappelle Show on there, obviously. Yep, Chappelle Show, Chappelle Show. Um, and then you're right, you know, The Sopranos, uh, is kind of a Kind of a cliche number one it is one of the greatest shows of all time obviously i'm gonna put it in my also rants here um because i want some flesh blood fresh blood on my list but man when you rewatch it for the eighth time um i re i rewatch it every few years man i rewatch it every couple of years and once in a while i'll skip the the dr melfi scenes uh, just because I just want to watch the stuff, but but the last time I, I didn't, and and it, it actually added more to it. The Sopranos for me, Mad Men, another incredible show, um, so fucking good, you know. Um, and then the other ones that I have receiving votes, The Office, um, and I love animation, so I had to throw some animated in there. Um, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, which is my my, my happy place, Metalocalypse. Um, and uh, a little show that only got one season, which is by the creator of Bob's Burger called Lucy, Daughter of the Devil, uh, which is like my go to show to show people, you know, a show off. It's kind of it's a really, really underrated Adult Swim show. Uh, I think you can watch it with the other Adult Swim shows on um, on Max. Uh, but after trimming the fat on my list and doing my new number five my number five show of all time right now is on netflix and it is called bojack horseman back in the 90s i was on a very famous tv show um one of the most honest uh, in, uh depictions of like depression alcoholism um it's it, it gets it gains it's it 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 has a little bit of an if you're watching it for the first time season one sort of has a weird balance of the silly with the serious parts of the story but by season two they nail it uh all the way up until the end and there's some one-off episodes towards the end of that series that are fucking incredible television um so bojack horseman is solid in my top five right now i like that I, that's a show that i still need to watch 
And one that I know that I would love, I know they, I know somebody was saying like, there's one episode near the final season. It's just like one of the darkest, like it takes you to a dark place and really gets you into that. I love this is why we're, this is why prestige TV is, is not in danger because we're all going to name off all these other shows. And some of the ones you mentioned, I've never watched. And there's still so much stuff out there. There's so many great shows out there that just going back and watching the stuff you missed, you're never going to run out of prestige TV. That's the beauty of this list. That's the beauty of doing the top five TV shows of all time. We could all end up with wildly different top fives here. Um, my number four, and shout out to you bringing up Reservation Dogs. I think Reservation Dogs will wind up on uh, one of mine after its uh, third season that's coming out, third and final season. Beautiful, beautiful show on Hulu that you can find. Number four for me was a long-running network comedy. Now, part of my criteria here for me is that at least every season of these shows has to be good to great it's something that i can enjoy two and a half men it was a show i loved but once it got to the ashton kutcher years i couldn't i can't even watch the reruns of that anymore family guys a show that i've just fallen off of night number four is the office now the office is a show that it can it can be said that it did fall off a bit after Steve Carell left somewhere within I think the last two seasons the last the second to last season had James Spader on as the uh, the sex loving uh, lizard king Robert California as their manager and then the final season with Ed Helms uh, Andy taking the lead role and it fell off a bit for sure. But some of the comedy, there were still moments in those final two seasons that were just fucking hilarious. And it's one of the most cringeworthy shows when it's at its peak. It's one of the just as incredible, funny, quotable moments. It's one that I can comfortably watch anytime they're just doing those all-day reruns on Comedy Central. Or uh, just like on one of the Peacock channels if I need something on in the background. I love The Office. That is my number four. Travis. Andy's and he's one of the worst characters of all TV history. hundred uh, percent agree. A hundred percent agree. And he was awful as a lead. Like I hated Andy as the lead character. The rest, that's that's what the strength of the show for me was the ensemble to make up for Andy outside of the time he punched a hole in the wall. Travis, you're number four. Number four in a similar vein. And also wanted to say, uh, yeah, top 20. Uh, Bojack makes it for sure. Yeah, Reed, would love for you to check that out. Um, number four, <sighs> controversial, controversial. And our buddy Aaron Haynes, if he was on here, he would fight me to the death. <laughs> he loves The Office. I think the superior mockumentary for my money is Parks and Recreation. I can't, got I can't me argue. Yeah. My senior year of college. Treat um, yourself. <laughs> it's yeah there you go extremely quotable uh great characters they never they never tried to uh chewhorn anyone in where it felt too awkward uh it's absolutely true the first season which is mercifully just six episodes not that great and uh i never liked how mean they were to jerry that also takes a point away i thought that went on way too long uh but it gave us aubrey plaza it debuted us Chris Pratt, and uh, it, <laughs> it 
one of my favorite characters of all time uh, is Rob Lowe's character in that show. He, every time he was on, I got close to tears crying. He was so funny. Uh, genuinely a show about a woman who is actively trying to do good and bureaucracy just shoving that down and she just keeps going. And uh, I like that hopeful message, and I think it's uh, one of the best uh, comedy ensembles of all time. So that's my pick. It's one of those shows that you could create like a list of shows that you can't imagine a season without certain characters, and you go on to forget that season one didn't even have Rob Lowe's uh, Chris, or was he? Yeah, Rob Lowe's Chris and Adam Scott's Ben didn't even come into the fold until season two. Uh, wonderful wonderful characters and cast yeah i love parks and rec i love that little sebastian great old ron swanson (laughs) luis you're number four all right my number four and i had Chappelle on here and i could also had um you know other like saturday night live i i was a huge sketch comedy fan man i could do a top five of just sketch comedy shows with snl Chappelle. um you know, the state, uh, all these other cool fucking, uh, even the John Leguizamo had a sketch comedy show for a while. Um, but um, an, an incredibly monumental show for me growing up and a, a show that uh, really solidified my sensibilities and comedy style was The Kids in the Hall. There we go. I like that one. They switched around. They were in Canada. Then they were on CBS, like on Saturday nights at midnight. Then they were on HBO or Showtime. And I was even in line and I even went opening day to watch the Kids in the Hall movie, Brain Candy, with like three other people in the theater. Uh, So and then even the new episodes that they released on Amazon, I believe, are actually really, really good as well. And so, I mean, out of all the sketch comedy shows out there, even like Monty Python, um, I think for me, uh, I got to put them up there. The kids in the hall is number four for me. Look, just as uh, you're talking about sketch comedy shows and one that has to make like my honorable mentions now, because it could, I, I could probably argue for it to get into my top five is the Chappelle show. Just to bring that up again, simply, simply because they're just skits and quotes that live rent free in my mind. Forever. Forever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Forever. Huh? Huh? And, <laughs> and, uh, the fucking uh Fuck your couch the, like the different types of music for different cultures taking a uh, quest love and some drums and john mayer into a black barbershop it's <laughs> so great um uh, but getting out of comedy for me it's probably the farthest thing from comedy is my number three and that is another hbo series not one that as too many people have watched or gotten into but one i can't recommend enough the leftovers wow that was a show it's about three seasons uh somewhere in the mid 2010s i think it premiered in 2014 or 15 and stars justin thoreau carrie coon just a brilliant dark show just simply bringing up like what would happen if 1% of the world's population just disappeared. Like, it's just like, no Thanos snap or anything, just one day, one moment, 1% of the world's population is gone. And the show is just a beautiful uh, tale and 
deep dive into grief and mourning and moving forward and moving on and how we question things when you don't even know how anything is happening what existence means all of this stuff and it's just got incredible performances that i still think are a crime did not get emmy love for carrie coon or for justin thoreau they were brilliant on that show even the second season introduces like a whole new group of characters that i think could have won emmys all on their own with uh, regina king and i just can't recommend that show enough you do have to be in a good you got to be in the right state to watch it and like binge through it but it's a hell of a show you're talking about the rest of us or the, the last the uh the left the leftovers the leftovers yeah mm-hmm. live yeah. tyler yeah live tyler oh yeah live tyler was on there uh christopher eccleston who was uh the doctor who before david Tennant, i think awesome show awesome show about just deep dive into spirituality did and some you of those... finish that show oh yeah yeah i watched it as it came on weekly I was I was like one of the few like <laughs> I felt like one I of the watched few fans. I watched the first season when it came out religiously <laughs> and then for some reason I just it just I don't know I fell off after a couple of seasons for some reason it just got really convoluted really I feel like it could be easy to do after the first season the first season was kind of a struggle watch for me like I made yeah. it like I made it through that had some really good moments and good episodes but like I was like ah oh, this is a lot once it got into the second season and dives like not even so much into the mystery but starts to get into like this deep spiritual like like really full afterlife shit like i was in i was all in for it might have to revisit that absolutely do it travis you're number three i gotta add that man i'm, I'm really unfamiliar with it and i just remember how sad it's you know tight knit fans. I guess people like you were when it was when it was off, and it never got any love. Um, I'll, I'll, that'll be that might be next up after the bear for me. Uh, number three, I think the best character writing, uh, and one of the best written shows of all time, The Sopranos. Yep. <laughs> There's my impersonation of the theme song. Uh, yeah, I just finished this. Uh, my mom and I watched it, uh, not in the same room, but uh, we would talk about it every week. It was kind of like a project for us, uh, even though it, it, I mean, it's just um, James Gandolfini for my money gives the best television performance of all time. Um, there are a few come close, but it's just, he's just, he's just perfect, man. And he's, Leads uh, one of the best drama ensembles of all time. Uh, it was, I, I, I listened to the um, Michael Imperioli and uh, Steve Sharippa's podcast on it while talking Sopranos, and that, that even Good deepened show. my love for it. Um, so interesting how hard they worked on the show. Uh, the, the soundtrack choices, I mean, everything, everything was just so top-notch so quality changed the landscape of tv enough has been said about the sopranos but i love it my number three i did a i did an entire breakdown on my old channel about how people were still confused about i mean being there live and watching it the first thing you thought was that your tv went out or that the cable went out <laughs> yeah like literally and he wanted it to be he originally wanted it to be like three minutes of the black screen 
uh, when he went out. And if you and that the final scene of The Sopranos should be taught at every film school. Anybody that wants to watch in a film because the movements in that final scene explicitly tell you what's going on. The only time a camera follows somebody is when it's following the guy in the members only jacket as he leaves to go into the jacket. You get the freaking cue of the bell ringing, Tony looking to see his POV. It's all literally spelled out to you in beautiful cinematic language what happens at that scene because it's bell tony you see what he sees tony bell you see what he sees and then it's darkness right you see what he sees um and it's also a comedy it's also a comedy they leave he's he, they're leaving a safe house in the final season he's got an ak-47 and a fucking and a virginia ham under his fucking arm it's it's Listen, while you guys were talking, I took it out of as my number one because I said, okay, let me let me let me not be cliche with this list and I took it out of it. But but by all accounts, it would be just too easy to say the Sopranos is one of the greatest TV shows of all time because it is. For sure. For sure. For sure. So what's your number three? My number three is a, is 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 two shows that should be counted as one. And that's Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Ah. The, the, the New Mexico cinematic universe of Breaking <laughs> Bad, El Camino, and Better Call Saul is uh, look, and there's a let's 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 get the elephant in, out of the room here. There's a show that fumbled the bag so so hard that it should have been in everybody's top five, but nobody ever talks about it anymore because of how hard it fumbled the bag. Because the Game of Thrones took the biggest shit over its last two seasons that any other great show ever has. Um, it went from being locked for top three, top five TV shows of all time to maybe an also ran for like top 50. Um, and the ending of Better Call Saul and the ending of Breaking Bad are both the definition of bittersweet, which is what they were trying to do. No, I've never been more confident than a show was going to stick the landing than Better Call Saul. Um, and and they absolutely did. And looking at the Emmy nomination, <laughs> the fact that Rhea Seahorn is going up against like seven actresses from The White Lotus. Um, I'm hoping that maybe she finally gets recognition for being one of the best actresses on TV. Um I'm not holding my breath though because she hasn't gotten it so far, but she absolutely deserves an Emmy for for her portrayal. What a brilliant performer she is, especially that final season. Just a black and white scene of her just just starting to cry on a bus and just beginning to break down, just going through every emotion. She's incredible, and just both of those shows just only have... did two take two shots of that take. Two only did two takes of that of right. that shot. Like just those shows have put out so many great performances and vil I mean, even just villains. Like you're just gonna go with Better Call Saul, uh, Tony Dalton's performance coming in Fuck. later as uh, he was Lalo, right? Lalo, Lalo, Lalo Salamanca, yeah. Lalo Salamanca. Oh my God, he was so and that they, good. Can, they that they created that character out of a throwaway line from fucking Breaking Bad. You know, I've always been a friend to the card that they just created this entire backstory for him. 
It's fucking brilliant, dude. There's no fucking way AI could ever do that. I'm sorry. No, no. And I will, I will, Amen. I will continue to argue that Better Call Saul, the mid-season finale of the final season, has one of the best directed shots I've ever seen. Where you have an argument going on in an apartment, and there's you know there's all the candle just flickers just a little bit, and you just get chills because you know that a villain is around, and it becomes one of the most just grueling scenes I've ever seen, and it was just so beautifully shot and built up. Better Call Saul is a fan. That's a great. I I can't blame you for tying them up there because they are pretty much they run into each yeah. other so well. That they should be considered the same. Ooh, it's like Kill Bill one and two. That's a strong number three. Look, number two, number two for me. It is a show that I loved growing up, and it was something that, like, I remember, like, I remember, like, fighting for it, sending letters to NBC to make sure that this show doesn't get canceled. It made me love Canada for saving this show. I thought it was brilliant. It really captured, like, as I'm going through high school football and high school life, how things were feeling and seeing all of this play out. It's Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights, high school football in the fictional Dillon, Texas. Uh, Coach Taylor, Miss Tammy Taylor, Kyle Chandler, Connie Britton, two fantastic performances on there. It's a network show and still just captured the drama of just high school life and teenage life growing up, going into young adulthood, uh, the adult lives of Coach Taylor and his wife. And it put out so many great actors, not only just the two of them, but you get Michael B. Jordan, you get Journey Smollett, you get uh, Taylor Kitsch, Minka Kelly, Adrian Palicki, Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons playing just like the dorkiest of characters oh. on there. And just like, you can't forget him as Landry until he gets to breaking bad and becomes a awful, awful, wretched villain. And then, you know, on to become more of Jesse Plemons. I just love Friday night lights so much. So even the theme song, just a country. <laughs> love that show. That's my number two, Travis, where are you at at number two? Oh man, this number two comes with some contextualization. <laughs> um, so uh, my number two is Louie. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, and the 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 final season ended before all of the. He was already stroking it during that time, though. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, I almost put the Cosby show out here, so I feel your pain. Look, for sure, yeah, for sure, yeah. Uh, and I, I did not fuck with Louis C.K. after that. Um, I heard a clip of him talking about it in a special that he did, and he seems to completely brush off as what he did. Is like, oh, they said yeah. Well, okay, it, I don't even want to go into it. It's it's very frustrating to me, um, but. Before that, before 2017, he was my hero, man. I loved seeing his specials. And then when this came out, uh, I think it might have. I don't know if Donald Glover was influenced by Louie, if he saw it. I've not read that anywhere. But uh, Louie just, he just did whatever he wanted. 
they gave him like five figures an episode and they said okay here's what you got do with it one of the episodes he just leaves out on a helicopter from a date and just goes away uh the other other episodes he's in afghanistan uh he sees ricky gervais the dentist i mean it it was as a as an aspiring writer it was just so groundbreaking to see him do whatever he wanted week after week and probably like you and leftovers i was one of it was like me and 30 40 age 40 year old white guys who watched louis uh week to week and uh i just loved it man and uh it didn't get a proper finale but i don't think he even wanted to do a proper finale he he was just gonna do him and I respected the hell out of him for it. The Afghanistan episode of uh, Louis is one of my favorite episodes of a show. I think Dude. that was, I think that was the one. I think that was the one duck, the one with the baby duck. Yeah, two parter with Jeremy Renner. Yeah, or, or maybe that was another one. But yeah, uh, the two parter. I was just like, he's just doing whatever he wants. And with that, without that show, without Louis, and I mean, there's an argument like Curb came before it. But Curb came so long before of these comedians getting their own shows and putting a spin on their lives. I mean, right. without CK and that show, I you for sure wouldn't have gotten better things. Pamela Adlon's show. He helped mm. co-create that. He co-wrote and produced the first season. And then after the controversy, he was removed completely. And Pamela Adlon, I think, made the show even better. Made it fully what it should be. And you wouldn't have gotten things like Atlanta, Dave, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, like all these shows that 100%. like kind of fed 100%. off. Of it. Yeah, he he would get editors from like NYU to edit for him, so he could save money. He was getting like twenty five, thirty grand an episode. Like, do what you can, just bring it to us. Like, he definitely changed the model. He definitely added a new type of model for like an auteur like small budget just no notes just bring us what you got and we'll throw it on there uh the dane cook episode probably was my my favorite oh, oh yeah that was just yeah yes. it was like a self-contained and, and then like oh did you guys improv that like no motherfucker i wrote every word <laughs> <laughs> louis old shows are still good they had some they, they, they had did you ever see the one that he put behind the the paywall uh the one at the bar Horace and Pete. That I was remember a, that. Yeah, that was a really that was a really good one. The old HBO Louis show is also real good. What's your number two, Louis? All right, I just wanted to give a shout out because uh, obviously there's the modern age of TV, but if I really wanted to get into it, like I could put like different strokes on this list because I remember watching every single one of those episodes of that when I was growing up. Um, and also the Cosby Show, Growing Pains, fucking 80s TV was so fucking good. Miami Vice, Knight Rider, MacGyver, uh, motherfucking Ooh. MacGyver, yep. you know, G.I. Joe, Masters of the Universe, you know the vibe. All that good stuff. Um, so, but there's a TV show that started in the late 80s and is still going today. And the fact that they keep churning fucking episodes out. The fact that it's still one of the smartest shows on TV, the fact that it predicted the future in many instances, uh, and and the fact that you can watch it in Spanish and get a full other experience. And again, it's always on free TV somewhere. The motherfucking Simpsons. Of course. Yep. 
I mean, it started off as a sketch on a talk show, and the first couple of years of animation were shit, but it was still hilarious. And um, what can you say about it? It's fucking. It's 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 just it's it's a go to. It's like it's it's. I could just. I I I know I've missed like eight seasons, and I just and I, all of a sudden I'll just pop in season thirty seven, and just throw it on in a row, and then just. Just yeah, it's hilarious. It's always, it's always, it's, it always delivers. And if you, if you want to, if you're, you know, I'm sort of, sort of a hallucinatory thing. Just throw on The Simpsons in Spanish, and just trip out on Homero and his voice, and it's fucking awesome. It's one of those shows. Like I will, I will wa- annually watch the uh, Treehouse of Horror for yeah. The Simpsons. Like I don't care what the quality is. Like I'm going to watch it, and I will watch. Uh, it's just something I don't know what it just feels good. Like I'll be like over at my mom's house or somebody who has cable and like network TV that is watching live and watching like uh Sunday afternoon football on Fox. And then it goes off and all of a sudden the Simpsons theme, just that uh, the Simpsons just starts. And I was like, uh, you know what? I'll sit and watch this for a little bit. I'll always watch the Simpsons for a minute. <laughs> Listen, you internet kids have a good, because uh, in my day, no, dude, this is how I used to live my life, and it was that I wouldn't, I wouldn't watch The Simpsons, Seinfeld, or there was a couple of other hit shows. I would never watch those shows if I had cable, because I knew that I was poor, and at some point I wouldn't have cable. <laughs> so we'd get behind on the bill, and the cable would get canceled or something, and so then. Since I could only watch uh, air TV, that's when I would watch The Simpsons and Seinfeld every night. So anytime I had cable or access to other shows, I always watched the cable stuff. That way, when you're back to being broke, you can just you know enjoy free TV. So yeah, yeah, damn right, that's right. All right, we're on to the number ones. We're at the number ones. This is the the oof man. So many good shows that could be considered number one for so many people that have already come up, and we're here. So. My number one, I won't take too much time on it because Luis has already gotten into it. He stole it down at uh, number three for him. Number one for me, though, Breaking Bad. We have a joint uh, discussion to read because that is that is also my number one. Well, shit. <laughs> Look at that. Yes, we can't have a joint on that. Breaking Bad. I mean, holy shit and it took me a while to actually like get into the show like i was seeing um you know how many emmys it was winning year after year and it wasn't like just randomly i'm seeing all the emmys and i was like fuck it let me just watch this show and it was the season four premiere which is it just begins with walter and jesse granite state yeah being stuck they're like you know they're they're trapped by gus and I'm introduced to this character, Gus, and his lackeys and everything. And it breaks out a, a, a box cutter. And I'm, oh, like, yeah, holy, I'm like, holy shit, what is this? And I was locked in forever. And then I'm watching the reruns, trying to find those all over the place. One of the best dramas that I've ever seen. Or it is the best drama that I've ever seen. Some of the best villains, some of the best writing. I just love that show. And I was, I was, it had me by the fucking neck every week to watch that and find out what was going to happen till the end. Yeah, man. Like I said, there's, 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 you can just have a whole podcast where you just praise it. But uh, for the episode, I had to wear 
the Heisenberg. Yeah. Yep. My uncle nice. and I went on a little tour in New Mexico, and um, Combo is there. Hey. I think this is just kind of what he does. <laughs> Did he tell you to and bounce when it was time to leave? <laughs> I, I would have paid him to do that, honestly. He just uh, tell me to bounce real quick. Yeah, it's uh, it was honestly, uh, Reed. This is this this is for an audience of two right now. But I don't know if you remember Tyler Humphreys, but I would go over to his house every day after senior year, and we would watch three hours of Breaking Bad, and it was the best time of my life. Uh, it was my personality when I went into college. <laughs> I yeah. loved it so much. Uh, best written show of all time, Brian Cranston. Here's Tony Soprano. Here's here's Brian Cranston right there. Yeah. Neck and neck. Uh it made meth cool. <laughs> I fucking love meth. I I appreciated meth so much more. Oh my god. Listen, meth is the worst. It's true. Don't do meth. Don't it's do a, meth. Don't, don't do meth. Pay the writers, uh, don't do I, meth. I, I did meth one time and it was the most horrible experience of my life. Shit. How did that day go? It's between you broke that. Bad. I broke I broke bad. <laughs> Listen, look, the reason and it was uh it was it, it, ludicrous called it, you know, the new phenomenon, you know. White girls with fat asses. And this was pre that. So uh, you know <laughs> I had I always had I always had the, the, the cocaine, but this particular one was like, I wanna do the other thing. And I was like, Oh my god, why? And that was that was and I was like, all right. And the the that day after of that is I don't know. I can understand why meth heads just go get high again because the come down on that drug is fucking horrible. So PSA kids, meth is not worth it, even if it's a white girl with a fat ass. Is the show was the show accurate at all in how it depicted people using meth? Uh I don't I mean I I, I I was I wasn't around it that long to to, to, to know its accuracy, uh, so I wouldn't be able to answer that. But yeah. oh, I get I get chills just thinking about it. That's bad. Describe like that it. white girl like Tuco. Tight, 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 tight. No, my 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 friends described her as Paris Hilton with a fat booty when I was going out with her. So it was yeah, it was just, it was, it was, you know, I always kick I always out kick my coverage, for, you know, as, we, <laughs> as once does. A great show. <laughs> Other thing about Breaking Bad is why does it only have six episodes in the first season? That's true. I don't know. Do you why? have the answer? Because of the writer strike. Oh. Oh shit. That's a writer strike. That's that's the that's that's the reason season one is only six episodes is because the writer strike hit right at that time, and that's oh. why season one and two, season one and two, like start off, you know. It's kind of like a, a jarring little thing. Oh, cool. Look at that. Yeah. Full circle. So that was, full circle. Full circle as we get to your so if they one. had So if they had paid the writers adequately back then, we could have had got, we could have got like four more episodes of Breaking Bad. God damn it. What else would he, what else would he have written in, in those four episodes? It's true. You never know. It could you have been a know. completely different series, obviously, too. You know, if yep. he had gotten the finished season one the whole way, you know. That's true. Well, we know Breaking Bad is my number one, and Travis is number one, and your number three, Luis. So, what it's takes the cake average. here? Yeah, what is the number one here? 
yeah. So, and I'm not just saying this because I had uh, Julito McCollum from season four on my show a while back, and he's a Knicks fan. But uh, there was one show on HBO that was that sort of was just as good in writing as as Breaking Bad, just as good in structure and in action uh, as The Sopranos, uh, but got zero of the accolades because it got maybe one Emmy nomination or two Emmy nominations altogether during this song. The last season, a little bit of a, a little bit of like not as good as the previous ones. I think season four is the best, but the best show I've ever seen on TV uh, is The Wire. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the fact that it started off uh, that it's basically a remake of, of The Corner and of a previous uh, HBO show that was a limited series. Uh, and it and it and it's a slow burn season one, but you get all these all these characters, uh, you know, all these things that other shows have tried to emulate after that. Like, um, spoiler alert, but uh, the show in Missouri with the the drugs, you know, talking about the family. Oh yeah. Shoots. They they basically did Ruthie's uh, demise, sort of like Stringer Bells in The Wire. Uh, so it, it, it was like a direct copy, um, and stuff like that, but the Wireman season one starts off with a K season two shifts completely to the side, but it still keeps it. Some people say season two is a little crappy. I enjoy it. Uh, season three and four are some of the best seasons of single seasons of TV. I'll put it up there with anything. The final season was still good, although it had some, some issues and it also covers different parts of society. Um, schools police departments you know unions um all these other things in a great way um so for me it, it, it even though sopranos Mad Men, all these shows are fucking incredible um the wires are always going to be number one for me i love it that's a show that i need to i need to finish the wire out because i mean that's a show like I haven't seen it all the way through. I haven't seen nearly all the characters, but I mean, they're just characters that are so integral to television culture that you know them. Stringer Bell, Idris Elba, uh, Omar. Everybody know Omar's calling. Omar's coming. Omar's coming. Omar's coming. Yeah. Like The Wire, that's, it's, it's Obama's. Obama's number one show. I could have seen Obama's Omar of the, you know, Omar of Capitol Hill. Ah, Omar coming. Hey. Uh, uh, you gotta take a shot at the king. Uh, you best not miss. <laughs> That's the top five TV shows of all time, according to us. Thank you, Travis. Thank you, Luis. Big Chief Burrito. Yes, sir. At your service. Thank you, man.